Hey everybody, thanks for coming to another episode of Adventures in Angular. I'm the host, Aaron Frost with Hero Devs. Today on the panel, we have the loved Joseph Eames. Hey everybody, Joe Eames here, CEO of Thinkster.io and Cypress expert now. Hey, nice, bro. Did my Cypress webinar today, it was awesome. So, yep, Cypress expert. And we have the beloved, beloved Brian Love. Hey everybody. Brian, who are you? Tell, tell everyone who you are. So I'm a Google developer expert in Angular, and right now I'm just doing independent consulting. So helping out a couple of clients here in Denver, and also uh, Lucas Rubuki out of Phoenix, kind of doing a project with him right now as well. So mainly focused on Angular, but I certainly do a lot of full stack development with Node and Nest as well. So nice. Yeah, man. And uh, I was going to ask, is, is, your, uh, is that workshop, the, the Cypress that you did, is that going to be available online? The webinar or the workshop? The webinar. The webinar is going to be available online, although I think we're going to do the webinar again a couple more times. But we have the workshop coming up on July 7th and 8th. That will also be available online for people that buy the workshop, but it's a full-day Cypress workshop. I'm doing a little selfless plug here while we're talking about, about it. But yeah, I think the webinar, we're going to make it a, available online for people. But I think we're going to do it a couple more times, too. How far out are we on our publishing? We're a few weeks just sure to correct, it, it wasn't a selfless plug. It was a shameless. Uh, ah, the, but if, yeah. If anything, I, I tried to selfish. make it selfless. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it was selfish, but it's shameless. <laughs> Notice how if you use a, a word that sounds right but is wrong, it totally changes what things mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, if I say shamish, that's, that's just a Scottish person. But if I say <laughs> selfish, <laughs> it's different. Right. right. The shameless right. plug, bro. It's, it's like when I talk about my fat-free Twinkies. They're not fat-free, but if I say that, it totally changes that what they are. <laughs> yeah. They might be trans fat-free. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's get to our guest. We have on the show another Google developer expert, Michael Prentice. Mike, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Hey, I'm Michael Prentice. I am in Central Florida on the beach on the East Coast, and uh, I... Uh, run a small consulting company, Devintent, and I spend a lot of my time lately uh, as a contributor on the Angular Components team, the lead maintainer of AngularJS material, so the, the previous version, and uh, so I'm keeping that alive and stable and mature and, and fixing accessibility and performance and things like that, as well as working on making sure all the use cases around upgrade work so you can have a nice upgrade to Angular material. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open sourced Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Now, my understanding is the East Coast is the worst of the two coasts. Is that true or false? Mm. 
Well, it depends on what you want to do. There's not really any surfing on the West Coast. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for the waves mm-hmm. and some surfing, some rocket launches. That's a good point. Um, if you just want sort of waist-deep water that's kind of just stagnant and, you know, pretty, then the West Coast is great. Uh, but it's uh, a lot hotter, too. Are we good to call you by your usual nickname, Point Break? Is that, is that fine? <laughs> I have never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love Point Break, though. So let me, let me ask a question when, as you introduce yourself. I know that AngularJS is in long-term support on, on version 1.7 and 1.2 technically is still in long-term support too since that's the last hmm. version that supported IE8. So I know th- th- those are technically in long-term support, meaning, but they, they get very little love. So how much love does AngularJS material get? Like it sounds like you're actively doing it. Yeah. So Angular JS is in long-term support, and you know they've had a few releases come out with some little fixes here and there, fixing some regressions. Um, 1.78 is a recent one. I think the LTS was about 1.75. So there's been a few small uh, patch releases, but yeah, there's no like if you open an issue or open a bug, for the most part, they're not really you know, accepting those. So. If you want to make some major change to AngularJS, there's kind of recommending, you know, it's it's safe to fork it. There's not a lot of things going on. So if you did need to pull a few things in, you could. For AngularJS material, we started a good deal after AngularJS started. Uh, and we have, we're built on top of that. So we've kind of been, you know, catching up and we have a lot of components and we want to make the components a bit more mature and accessible before we kind of say, you know, LTS is ready to go. These are stable and, and completely done. So, yeah, we are working. You know, it's basically just me and, you know, a number of community contributors that are uh, still still working on things, fixing. A lot of people are still using it. I think we have yeah. 50,000 downloads on NPM a month, but then a lot of users nice. are on script tags and UMD and uh, yeah. also Bower. Yeah, yep. Because it, it's still from back in the day when that was a thing, right? Yep. Yeah. So we support this wide range of like script tags all the way to now in our builds. We don't publish or talk about it a lot, but we do actually split our builds out into like closer modules and there's oh, wow. quite a bit of modularity there that if you needed it, you could go and grab it. Uh, but Mike, to be clear, uh, Angular JS material is not. It hasn't been like in LTS or deprecated or anything, right? You're still it's still being actively maintained. Correct. We are, you know, evaluating and we we've got a 1.2.0 release that we're kind of looking at. Okay. But it's kind of we're that's sort of in limbo as we try to, you know, get the high priority um, issues and accessibility fixed and some nice breaking changes around like aligning with material design spec, but those break Google internal and that's Sort of a problem, so we're trying to figure out how to deal do you with. You still that. have? Do you still have customers inside of Google? Yeah, a lot. I bet we have to go through the whole pre-submit process. So we're working with mm-hmm. different teams as you know issues are found, and, and you know we've had a few contributors from inside of Google who wanted to add something. We just recently had a. Uh, we have our autocomplete. It only does virtual repeat, which means that all the items have to be the same size. Mm-hmm. But we got a contribution from inside Google to make variable height there. So it doesn't use virtual scrolling. So it's not mm-hmm. as performant, but you do get your variable height elements. Mm-hmm. So. so it was sounding like 
Angular Jazz Material project was kind of fully run by the community, but since there's so much dependency on at Google, yeah. is it right. is it still a Google project? Like, are you are you working with the team at Google, Mike? Yes, yes. I'm on the Angular Components team. I work with Jeremy and the rest of the team, the caretakers and whatnot. I go through uh-huh. the the full process of you know pre-submitting and running tests and screenshot tests against all Google and so. Like analytics, a lot of their products are using Angular JS Material, Cloud, Firebase. You know, it's because right, a lot of those a lot of those apps are still in a hybrid state, right? Where they're moving them over from Angular JS to Angular. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a lot of apps that are just Angular JS, and they're not. You know, there's no major reason to move them. A lot of internal apps and things like that. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Well, that's kind of fun being on the components team. Yeah, I try to help out with you know the the main components repo, CDK, and material when I can, but mm-hmm. it's you know limited time. I mostly I just help a little with schematics and some triage. I also right, do yeah. help with the CLI documentation. Yeah, you were helpful with uh, helping me a little bit with schematics, right? And so I uh, certainly appreciate all that you've done there. Yeah, I did some projects in the past with enterprise customers. So I, I dug into schematics a bit. Yeah, it's fun. Interested in that area. We're not here to talk about schematics, so we're talking about migrating AngularJS to Angular. Or excuse me, migrating AngularJS material to right. Angular material. Sorry, let me get that clear. Yeah. So are we talking about migrating AngularJS material to Angular or migrating an app that uses AngularJS material to Angular material? Yeah, it's your app. Mike, what are we talking about? (laughs) So in the past, we've had a, on Angular IO, there's a guide for ng upgrade. So you got to get your Angular JS app up to Angular. Uh, But if anyone's ever tried it and they use Angular JS material, you possibly simple. It's just just easy. Like it's not even very hard. Yeah, it's it's like a one page doc, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you just followed instructions that are perfectly, uh, perfectly there's no holes. No there's holes. no holes. No. And copy and paste. Done. Super simple. <laughs> copy paste. Isn't yeah. it just ng upgrade? Don't you just run a command? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah. It's just a series of short Stack Overflow articles, and then you're done. <laughs> okay. All right. So you go into the pit of despair, and <laughs> you decide that you're going to upgrade. Which is actually, I say that it's it's better to upgrade than it is to like go to another framework. In my opinion, it's better to upgrade to Angular. It's cheaper, but it it does have that initial like I gotta set it up. That initial setup is like a punch in the neck, right? Yeah. And there's a bit of in the beginning about like how do I wrap my arms around this? Like, what are all the things that I need to do, and how am I gonna plan and, and estimate this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Most people doing this, they've been doing AngularJS for probably not an insignificant amount of time. They don't, they don't have the... Some of them have Webpack experience or well, they'll have some other types of experience, but others don't, right? Like, so it's a massive upgrade, like, depending on where you're at. There's a lot of different steps involved and you, know, you, you can get a long way into it. You, you, know, you can upgrade to some components, you can upgrade to TypeScript and, and Webpack and, and you won't feel any of the pain of hitting some of the AngularJS material stuff until you're, you know, halfway through it. And then you try to, you know, go into hybrid mode and, and you can run into some issues. So there's, 
Mm-hmm. Sorts of upgrade. There's sort of the NG upgrade, and then there's the NG upgrade light, which now it's upgrade static. I think it's called. And there's different terms around it, but it's basically: are you using upgrade module or downgrade module? And so yeah. with upgrade module, AngularJS material is not going to be happy if you're using the upgrade. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you, you're you're gonna want to use the downgrade and downgrade. The, the Angular version. Yep. Angular, is that what you're saying, Mike? Yeah, so there's a whole guide. It's, it's actually called Upgrading for Performance on Angular IO. And that goes through using the downgrade module. And that is sort of the process you want to follow for AngularJS uh, material compatibility, as well as you know, improved performance. I'm really ignorant to this materials piece of the upgrade. I've done an upgrade, but the, the material piece, I'm like totally ignorant but it's actually even more money that google is saving you by offering this like the the fact that i can downgrade angular material components to be run in angular js like that's that's a phenomenal cost savings anyway it sounds like it's probably also not trivial it's not it's not trivial but i'm i'm putting together a stack blitz that kind of shows how to do it um, but it it's it's one piece you know so you kind of have to have already gotten to webpack and, and things like that mm-hmm. so yeah there's some different things you got to have to set up some facades and you set up uh, you know your downgrade module and you connect everything up but then once you have that uh, as long as you sort of play within the right sandboxes you're able to put you know, Angular material components, Angular JS material components in the same app on the same page and actually communicate That's cool. with the two. Do you provide like some some downgrade helpers that will help keep the APIs that the Angular JS apps are using able to work with the APIs of the new Angular material components? Like are you providing additional support? Because I, I'm I know you don't have the same APIs in the new version that you did in the old version. So are you providing that transfer layer like thing? Nope, uh, nothing, nothing quite like that. We don't really add any, any specific APIs other than we just allow our, you know, our AngularJS material APIs to work and then you can bring in the Angular material and, and those will work. So that's one of the big sort of issues is like you can't just convert like a toolbar to a toolbar. Like you can't go MD to Matt and it will just yeah. work. Yeah, you can't just do MD to Matt and then everything's working. No, because some of the uh, elements have gone to the CDK and some of them have gone to material. And like our layout system was completely pulled out into you know, a number of separate things. Yeah. Got it. So you can't, you can't just, it's not a one-to-one. No. Hmm. And so we, we put together this... Uh, Migration guide now. It's on. It's published now to the materialangularjs.org uh, slash migration. So we've we've got a guide now that will break you through and it'll walk you through and it'll, it'll show you like these things map one to one. The name is a little different, but here's the links to both of the docs so you can go look at the APIs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also break down some of the bigger changes like theming, layout, typography, and just. How those work? What are the features that are supported in the two different? Because it's not complete feature parity. So if I want to downgrade, like if I, instead of doing MD button and I want to, I want to use the map button. They should look largely the same, but I can't just rename it to map button 
and expect everything to work. I have to do a lot of stuff. It sounds like, like what's involved in like just doing like one component with a button and like, what do I have to do in that component? It's a good question. If it's just a button, um, yeah, you got to change the name. Um, and, and we've got a little bit different syntax as well because we've got like, uh, Matt raised buttons. So we use the attributes instead of a class mm-hmm. in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, the data binding will be a little different if you're doing anything there. And the padding and the spacing will be a little different. Most of the behavior will be similar, but there, there may be a little bit of a padding and spacing. You get some look and feel changes, it sounds like. Yeah, you need to you know, check your CSS and make some adjustments. So I'm guessing, because I asked this and maybe I didn't ask it right. Like when you take an Angular 2 component and you're going to downgrade it, you have to wrap it in that downgrade component function, right? That, that kind of takes it and says, Oi, AngularJS understands you, you know? Now, do I have to manually do that or are you providing the downgrader? I, I'm going to call it a downgrader because I'm, I'm not part of your world, bruv, and I don't understand what they're called. So are you providing me the downgrader for the button or do I have to like, oh, button i gotta go down and then i gotta do my i gotta write my own downgrader thing no you don't have to do your own downgrader thing with when you do your angular js module you mm-hmm. kind of you put in there like downgrade module and then you hook in your bootstrap to your angular module mm-hmm. and then you need to register your components and directives so in this case you would register your angular components as directives Mm-hmm. So you tell it the selector and then you say downgrade component and then you just give it the class of the, you know, the angular component. Yeah. Cool. So that's what you do for your actual components. You don't actually need to go and do that for like Matt toolbar class or anything like that. Okay. So the button, the button's one of the easier ones. It sounds like I got to change a couple binding syntaxes but largely, I think um, I'm hoping the people on the podcast are like imagining, okay, largely the button is going to take me a nominal amount of time per button, right? There's no, there's no find and replace schematic type thing for this. So it's going to take me a nominal amount of time per button. What are the ones that are like, it's not one-to-one? Because the mat's like, it's, the button is one-to-one. You're mm-hmm. changing it from button to button and you're done. What are the ones that aren't but one-to-one? The calendar, well, that one of them? Or... Yeah, like, well, for, for date picker, there is a date picker. So there, you know, that's comparable. But okay. there's actual an MD calendar, which is like the actual calendar, the month view. And mm-hmm. other material doesn't expose that. So you wouldn't want to migrate that piece. You have to keep that you know, in, in the hybrid mode until you find another solution for now. So you're saying that AngularJS has a calendar... Angular Angular Jess material has a calendar, and there right. isn't one in Angular materials. What you're saying, correct? So yeah, that, they have a date picker that's for the calendar. Yep. Actually, in some cases, the combination is better because a lot of people in Angular Jess material they really need a table, oh. and there's really nothing. Whereas you can bring in the CDK table or the Angular material table, mm-hmm. and you have your whole Angular Jess material app, but then boom, you've got you know an Angular material table, and you're good to go. Boom. Nice. So there's benefits that way. And then, you know, as far as what's not, so like MD panel goes to the CDK now, that's overlay. There's like virtual repeat that's handled in, in the virtual four for CDK. There's 
Um, we have some live announcements. Which is brand new, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, just under a year old, I think. What's it yeah, called? It's a MC virtual repeat? The CDK Virtual 4. CDK it's kind virtual of the, the thing, but there's a bunch of different attributes and things that you can use with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then accessibility and like buy die stuff, those are also you know in the CDK. And then the layout is really sort of it splits off. You're like you can do really simple lightweight layout with the CDK's layout. Okay. But you do some responsive breakpoints and you can you know do that in TypeScript as well as in your templates. But then if you want sort of the full on like material, um, you know, AngularJS material layout system, that kind of got ported over to Angular Flex Layout, mm-hmm. which is a whole library. And they've actually added CSS grid support. And that's sort of a heavyweight uh, full layout system. But that adds, just like our layout, we, you know, when we do our layout in AngularJS material, we generate a ton of CSS to handle every possible Mm-hmm. You know, container and, and nested layout and whatnot. And when you say generate, that's on at runtime, right? You're generating all that CSS? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you'll see in your project like a big Mass chunk of CSS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they've improved upon that, but it's still like it has to do a lot of work and solve a lot of problems. So I, I, I put in our migration guide some details about kind of the, the bundle size impact you're looking at. Mm-hmm. It really depends on if you're just using Flexbox, if you're using Flexbox and Grid. So as you use, it's all modular. So if you just use a few features, you get a smaller hit. But like if you use everything, I think you can get up to like 60 KB just to add like the, the Flex layout with all the, the features. Wow. So is that the recommended approach or do you recommend just writing your own, you know, SCSS with Flex, you know, Flexbox and CSS Grid? Yeah, it depends. If you, if you want to get some of the responsive features and, and some of the reactive, like observable APIs and stuff, you can use a CDK layout. Uh, right. That's just like a 3 KB bump, so it's pretty small. Yep. Um, but you don't have all the attributes and all the other things. Um, so that's an option. But yeah, for a lot of apps and a lot of cases, you know, Flexbox and Grid, just CSS is mm-hmm. sort of the recommended way to do it. We have links in here for Flexbox Zombies, Flexbox Froggy, places where you can go and, you know, learn you know, how to use these and uh, cut out the need for, you know, a JavaScript library since you can yeah. write that in CSS. Yeah, just Hashtag use the platform. Use the platform. Yeah, man. Joe, remember we were talking about this stuff the other day and you had a, you had a bunch of questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tons. Tons, I mean... <laughs> There's so many I can't even I can't even keep them straight. You, for, you forgot them all. I forgot. Like there's they're they're just jumbled. Like, you know what is, and who is, and how is. It's just a big question. Just a big question. What isn't not? What is it not? Yeah. What isn't Why? not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new question. Yeah. Like <laughs> I do have a few questions about just. How you're handling supporting people that are actually doing upgrades and all the crazy scenarios that they're coming up with, like, oh, I'm trying to do this and this isn't working. I'm trying to do this. Like, for me, when I was, I spent, I think, eight years of my life, roughly, with on NG Upgrade. Eight, eight, eight years. Around eight, around eight. Uh, yeah. On NG Upgrade, or did you mean on AngularJS? No, 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 NG Upgrade. About upgrade. Eight years about of my life. It sort of feels. Uh, I'm, 
I'm just like going off feel. I don't really, I don't really yeah. believe in like I didn't have a calendar control. It's relative, like, it's relative yeah. years. Yeah, I hadn't implemented the calendar control when I had started <laughs> tracking. So it wasn't. I'm not 100 percent sure on the exact, but it's about eight years. But yeah, when you do yeah, an upgrade, you know JavaScript with math. It's eight years, but there might be a rounding error in there. Yeah. You might want to convert that to WASM, bro. It might yeah. get a little bit more precision. <laughs> but when you're doing upgrades, that was one. I, I did a lot of work with upgrades. And man, number one question with people, well, not number one, but one of the very common questions was material, right? Like I look at this and I just think, oh my gosh, if I'm migrating from a material AngularJS app to a material Angular app, there's so many like controls that just still aren't in, in material angular. What do you tell people to do, like just from a high level strategy standpoint? It really depends on their, you know, final goal and you know the size of the app and whatnot. I think for a lot of the you know, a lot of teams, it's it's just bring in the angular stuff, you know, the angular material stuff, get the benefits of that and and you know add your new components, you know, in that. I think, you know, from what I've heard talking to people even within Google as well, that seems to be what they're doing a lot of is, you know, as we add a new component, we'll do it in Angular. Just right in the new Angular. Yep. Angular material, we'll use the CDK, but, you know, we we have enough of a look and feel similarity that the UI will work together. Maybe a few CSS tweaks, but... So just leave the Angular JS material stuff in Angular JS material and focus on the future of, of building with Angular material. If you can, it really depends on your use case. If if you sure. need all of the, you know the fine, you know the small, the performance, all the stuff that Angular gives you, then you might be more motivated to you know just mm-hmm. so over there. coming to Joe's question. Uh, I'm as Joe as you asked that. Uh, I'm standing. Oh, eloquently put it. Yeah. Well, you you eloquently stated it. I'm sitting there imagining you know that scenario where it's like, all right, imagine that you have an app that's written in AngularJS and AngularJS material, and you have to upgrade it to something else. Right, Joe? Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, if you, if you don't use ng-upgrade and you don't go to AngularJS material or Angular material, Angular with Angular material, you have to manually do all this upgrade stuff anyway. Like, you have to... There's no ng-upgrade support for you. Like, let's say you're going to go to Vue or Svelte or Reactor, you know, whatever. Pick your, pick your, your JavaScript. So even though as crazy as it sounds and as, as like Mike's talking about the many-to-one and the random spacing problems and there's not a parity on things. Imagine doing all that without a whole Maybe. entire team of people supporting you. Like, it's even oh, as, hard as, as hard as it sounds and as hard as Mike is, like, saying, hey, it's not trivial. It's not trivial. Because it isn't, and he's not lying. But as hard as it sounds and as hard as it actually is and as much as it's going to cost you to actually do it, it's still cheaper than if you were like, all right, I'm going to go another route to another thing that has absolutely no pavement for me to just walk down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to right. make it all up myself. So our guide here kind of provides the glue there. But if you go to like view or something, you actually have like three or four different material libraries to choose from before you even get started. And then we don't, there's no mapping to tell you how to get there. And as people who are comfortable with a framework, which most AngularJS people are those people, right? Where if you're still in AngularJS, you're not one of the, 
I like to just use the platform. I like to just use vanilla JS people. Like that's that's generally not who you are. I realize I'm generalizing, and I'm and that's not that's not not a good thing to do. But so I think that this is still a comfortable path. I think for a lot of people, it's a, it's a less even it's a less mountainous way to go than than like the way Mike just said. Let's go to view and just figure it out on our own without any support, without without any guides. Hey, are you working on a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more. Or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. I'm kind of curious. It seems to me like this is the number one reason why a lot of people, the number one reason why a lot of people don't upgrade from AngularJS to Angular is just the fact that we have this huge custom component library we've already built. It's there. It works. It's fantastic. And going to anything else would be so horrendously painful for us that we decide not just, you know, and we're not doing it. Yeah. When yeah. I say pain, pain is just money. It's just a euphemism yeah. for money. Right. Yeah. Is that, would you say that's true? What I've seen, yeah. It's hard to, like I said, it's hard to wrap your, your arms around it and really see, like, how can I pitch this to my boss if, you know, I, I only can tell him and show him, oh, I got documentation for the Angular JS piece. But now we are providing the AngularJS material piece so that you can bring all of that. You can say, okay, we're going to, you know, we have to do our services. And here's, here's the different services with AngularJS material that map to you know, Angular uh, material. And so at least there's a way for you to like start that analysis and break it down and, and chart your own path. We don't really right now have like do these components first or we don't, we don't have a guideline, you know, there, but we have enough here for you to sort of see what, how you can chart your own path. We call out some of the new components that you know you haven't seen or used, like badge and, and uh, drag and drop and things like that. So you get a preview into that as well. When I see people like Joe kind of going to where you're saying, "Oi, I'm intimidated. It's too scary. I don't have the money." Right? Whatever, whatever the pain is. You know, you call it pain, money. That's if you're a boss, it's money. If you're if you're a programmer, it's fear. I, you know, it's imposter syndrome. It's whatever. It's a multitude of things that are that are the pain why you don't do it. But uh, I look at it and I think uh, the bare minimum that you should do, like let's say it's a pain, and, and I'm not saying it's not real. It's real. Okay, I've done it. I know it's scary. The struggle is real. Yeah, you should at least though put in Angular upgrade so that your new features can go in Angular. I'm not talking about rewriting a line of code. I'm talking about in your, in your worst case scenario, just tell your team, hey. Starting this day, everything yeah. is Angular. Right? Everything from here backwards, we maintain, we upgrade, and we go forward in AngularJS. But everything new is in Angular. And we're doing that for these reasons. Save money, still be able to recruit, you know, list them out. But the people who are so scared that they won't even like take the first step, that's where, that's where I'm completely lost. Like it reminds me of this, this uh, saying from Mark Twain where he's like, 
if your task is to eat frogs, eat them first thing in the morning. And if your task is to eat big, is to eat two frogs, eat the biggest one first. Like there, there are tasks that are not fun. They're scary. They're intimidating. And your imposter syndrome gets the best of you or your procrastinator inside of you, you know, whatever it is, whatever part of you that's like, Oh, don't do it. It's, it gets you, but you, you got to change your mentality. It's like, dude, eat your frogs, man. Eat the biggest frog first and just, just, just do something. The only thing that's worse than, 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 than a bad idea is nothing. Like you got to do something though. Like take it, take a step in some direction. So, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. I was curious, Mike, can you speak to maybe kind of internally Google what they've done? Have they done something like what Aaron's saying where they're just like, okay, listen, we can't rewrite everything that we have in the con, you know, the cloud console or Firebase or whatever it is, but going forward, we're just going to write it all in the new angular and the new angular material. Is that been the experience or are they, or are they actually, they've got engineers sitting there just banging out code in angular and just, you know, going from angular js to angular and trying to get angular js completely you know well I, I think you know the reality is that there's thousands of apps and so they're doing it all um there's certain apps that are getting Got completely it. upgraded there's Got certain it. apps that they're just doing the new features in angular material okay it's just it depends on the team the app <laughs> By all, do you mean there's also apps that they are committing hardcore to never upgrading? Like, is that also a thing? Well, I think he said that. Yes, there's some internal yeah. apps. They're just going to like, eh, whatever. It works. AngularJS. It's all good. Right. There's some that just don't make sense. And there, there's not even a team on it, right? There's like someone no, built no. it for a, you know, line of business need. Yeah. And it's still working though. Right. I think developers have a hard time with that concept of... Not all developers, but I think some. It's not a, certainly generally. I think people are okay with it, but I think sometimes people can't see past the. It doesn't make financial sense to upgrade this thing, yeah. you know, and they 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 create false urgency. Like I remember, I was on a team, sixty five front end developers, and and one day, we'd been writing Angular just for years, effectively, right, and one day people just started saying things like. I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. And I'm just like, what? Like I've been, I worked with you for the last five years and you did it for every day for five years. Like what happened yesterday that we can't do it today? Like, like it's still like it, you saying you can't be more specific. Like you don't want to, cause you could, you could still do it. You know? And so I don't know. I'm also very sensitive to the business need that sometimes it doesn't make sense to upgrade, you know? The other thing that should be mentioned is LTS for AngularJS is out to 2022. One, 2021. Oh, is it 21? Okay. Can I? So that's still, I mean, that's still pretty far out, right? I mean. If you started today, like, let's talk about it, Brian. You've done an upgrade, right? Yeah. If you started today and you weren't, like, aggressive, you were just kind of, like, slowly upgrading, you're going you're gonna to go way past June 2021. You'd have to get aggressive. You have to get aggressive. And I've worked with clients here in Denver that have huge AngularJS apps and they've gone aggressive and it's taken them, you know, nine months, 10 months. And they're just, they're just pushing as hard as they can. They're still doing some feature development, but they've slowed feature development and they're just like focused on getting rid of AngularJS. And it's just, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And we're in June, 2019. If you started today, I gotta be honest, most people don't hit that 2021 deadline. 
Mm. Now, here's the deal why I don't care. Most people in AngularJS, you're, you're only supported if you're on the latest 1.7.x, okay? Yeah, that's if, what you said. If you're or not 1. on one, like let's say you're on 1.5, you're already not supported. So most people don't care about the support because they they they're not even on one seven x they're on you know one six or one five so yep that's true so, you know and, and largely we, they don't really care. we really recommend that if if possible you know get onto the one to seven one to seven eight right if something does come out and braze, browsers like break something then that is the branch that's going to get the fix you'll be able to pull that fix in get right. your app back out in production and you're good to go whereas if something breaks, you're on 1.5, all of a sudden you've got a good yeah. amount of upgrading to do to get to 1.7 before you can even apply just, that fix. Right. Imagine Chrome comes out with an update tonight Oof. and Angular 1.2 breaks. Just imagine, just, let's just pretend, okay? I don't know. <laughs> and if you're not on the latest 1.7, you're not going to get fixed. Like, or it could be even the jQuery breaks, and then you need to get to that version of jQuery. You need to upgrade Angular JS. Yeah, or it could, exactly. It could be jQuery that breaks from Chrome update tonight, and then you got to get on three And so, yeah, like, like you know, maybe maybe instead of talking trash about it, let's let's give some recommendations if we could. Let's let's channel this into a better topic. Channel. If you're on an Angular JS app, Josephines, and you want to get ready for an upgrade or you want to get ready for some of the things we're talking about. What are some of the prelim things you can do to get ready? I have, I have a list in my head, but there's like some basic ones and there's some more advanced ones. What do you, what would you guys do? Well, You're in an angular JS app for everybody. This yeah. is for everybody that's in an all angular JS app right now. Yeah. Start with your build tool probably, or, or maybe that's one of the steps, right? Uh, go to Webpack. Build. Yep. Try and get your build on Webpack. Okay. Yep. Maybe move over to TypeScript. Certainly use components, Angular 1.5, and certainly get to 1.7 if you can. That's Try and use it. the 1.5 component interface rather Correct. than one, the, the, the primitive directive interface. Correct. Okay. Yep. What you other thing? You hit about all of them. So we, we actually link to the, the prep guide for the upgrade from our migration guide. And, and you hit them, you know, up, use a module loader, mm-hmm. migrate to TypeScript, Use component yep. directives. Yep. There's a little caveat there that MD dialog doesn't support components. So mm-hmm. those would still be using controllers. We've got some plans to fix that at some point, but it's, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, you're still you know, migrating a controller to a component. It's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not as easy just to copy and paste a few things, um, but you won't be copy-pasting during the upgrade in, in this case, probably anyway. The one that you didn't hit is uh, following the AngularJS uh, style guide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Help your code align to make the upgrade uh, smoother. I would also say uh, stop using third-party libraries like jQuery. Huh. Uh, stop using things like Lodash because they're, they're going to make, not necessarily Lodash specifically, but the third-party integrations are largely going to make this a lot more difficult, you know. Um, now, the more different, you know, chart libraries and date time picker special libraries and a special yeah. select library, all of those are going to yeah. make grids make a little more complicated. Yep. yep. What else could you do? I'm trying to think here. If I was going to move to a Webpack build, to be totally honest, 
I think the easiest Webpack build, having done an upgrade or two, I think it might be easiest just to have to move your AngularJS project into the Angular CLI because it's really easy to do. Like it's kind of stupid easy if we're being totally honest. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I don't think I've done that before. I'd be interested in hearing kind of what you did. Yeah. So the Angular CLI has an entry file, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just your main.ts, right? You go into your project and your AngularJSON, you see it. So if you just point that at your main file for AngularJS, because your AngularJS, if you're using a Webpack or if you're getting ready to use a Webpack, you're going to have an entry point as well. Correct. Yep. And so I would recommend getting an entry point. I actually, like, like try and get one entry file that your Webpack or Gulp or Broccoli or, or Grunt build can just hit that one file and then it reads all the other imports and stuff, right? Another thing is you need to, and I, 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 I'm trying to think down a few levels. It's been a long time since I was there, so I'm not doing a very good job. If you're not in like a package.json environment where you install AngularJS through NPM, like let's say you just have AngularJS copied into tag. your repo. Well, worse, you've copied the version into your oh, repo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe you are using it from a CDN. I would suggest... You know, getting your project to be more npm friendly as well. Like, hold mm-hmm. jQuery. Some, NPM. some Bower projects out there for sure. There's JSPM. People are still using that on yeah, all the yeah. projects. So I would say, hey, start to do some smaller things, and and you can get onto a more npm friendly thing without really doing much at all, right? You're just yep. saying, oi, instead of pulling the Angular just from here do it from here you know and so there's some things you can do to to get your project a little bit more ready and there's smaller steps so on the cli topic there's definitely some known issues there with the upgrade and the cli i have been actually this morning i was trying to hack together something i had it working in stack blitz but then i pulled it down locally and upgraded it to the latest cli and i i couldn't i could get certain things to instantiate but i couldn't get things to render and I know that Sam Julian has, has been talking to the CLI team about you know how how we can make that work better and more consistently. So there's there's some gotchas there for sure. There's some gotchas. And then I suppose let's say a programmer makes I'm just gonna throw out a round number, hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you make more, maybe you make less. And uh let's say it's gonna take you three or four weeks to get past some some of these problems. And it will. I promise it will. Uh, that's not a hypothetical. When it takes you three or four weeks, is what I should say. You may consider reaching out to companies like Narwhal, who are absolute experts on upgrade. Because like, you can follow the steps in Joe Eames's Pluralsight course. You can follow the steps on Sam Julian's upgrading Angular website. And you can follow the steps on the documentation. But those will all lead to tears. Eventually, you're going to hit a wall. And you're going to need to talk to someone and you could spend three or four months figuring it out manually. Or just I, get an expert. Yeah, I would recommend getting on Narwhal Connect and getting an expert on the other end. And does the expert cost a lot? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what Narwhal Connect costs. Let's just throw out a number, $500 an hour. $500 an hour for three hours is way less than a developer that makes $100,000 for yeah. three months. Like it's, yeah. it's significantly less and you're going to have a much more well thought out solution by working with like that type of a scenario than you are with 
someone who like debate contemplated like ending their life every single day when they went home because they could upgrade <laughs> scenario. Every day. Yeah. And so um I would recommend reaching out to like the narwhals and, and some of the other consultants that have experience with this stuff. I know certainly it sounds like Mike has a consulting agency. I have a, a company that we do we do upgrades as well. So there's people that are that are there Bet for you. Down that path. Yep. Yeah. And even if they cost something like five hundred dollars an hour, it's still cheaper. Then, then your time is going to be, and you're going to get a more cohesive answer. It's so it's a better answer for way, way, way less money than if you did it by yourself. So, so we're trying to fill that gap with this new guide, not completely, but at least make the gap smaller. So, a lot of what you'll find in the guide here is specific use cases. Like I literally went through all of the features and use cases in AngularJS material, including things like our meta service and things like that. And I like specifically went, how do I map all these things over? And you know, like the meta service, it doesn't map to Angular material. It maps to, you know, Angular. Mm -hmm. So there's all those sorts of things in the past. It was like, okay, I have panel or something like Oh, but the, you know, there's no panel and material, and how do I do this? And and maybe you overlooked the overlay in the CDK because it's not called panel. And then you may go off for weeks investigating and then building your own. And so yeah. this is here to kind of connect those dots so that you don't go into that hole of despair and and you say, oh, here's the happy path I, I should be on and trying yeah. as well as theming. There was a lot of things actually. I went into this where I was like. In Angular material, you just cannot theme with the power that you can in Angular JS material. There's no way. And, and why is that? is that because it's runtime versus at build time? Yeah, it, it's a number of different things. We do a whole lot of runtime stuff, That's and right. we generate we, we in Angular JS in Angular JS material. And yeah. so you get a bunch. You get a bunch of these like style tags with all the stuff in there. That generates just too much overhead, too much you know size, and so Angular Material you know took a different approach to that and went to a lot of you know SAS and mix-ins and things like that. And if if you're not really familiar with SAS, you may not understand like how to do certain things. And and some of those things I actually wasn't I wasn't sure that you could do that. And you know working with Jeremy and and some of the other people, Paul on the team. They came and said, "Oh, yeah, that you can do this. Here's here's the SaaS to make that happen." And so we actually were able to put specific examples in the migration guide. We also enhanced the Angular Material docs so that some of those theming approaches were called out and and demos were given. So certain things like that that you know a, a normal developer could just certainly assume like, "Oh, you you know I, you can't do this." You know, we've kind of dug into that and figured out really you know, how that would be done. And, and then a lot of, a lot more cases than I expected, there's a yeah. solution. It's pretty yeah. thorough. So let's say I'm going through your migration guide and I find an issue or I have another recommendation or something I want to contribute. How do I go about doing that? Um, should I just do a pull request or what's kind of the way to get a hold of you or how do I, how do I help? Yep. Um, you can open an issue, talk about, what you know you found or propose you know a change and uh, we can talk about that and uh, then uh, get a PR for it. It's all a single markdown file, so it's really mm -hmm. simple to edit and modify. 
there's a little GitHub icon at the top of the page. You just click on that. It'll take you into our repo, and uh, nice. you can track down the, the file. I think it's pretty simple. I think it's in docs. Yeah, docs content migration MD. Cool. That's the whole thing. You can actually read it on GitHub, and they're marked down if you want. Uh, we don't quite get the styles in there, but yep. you prefer that. You can do that. You can send a pull request, just modify the, the markdown. And and we really we would like to get feedback on this. We haven't, I don't know of anyone yet who's you know gone through the full process and used this pull guide. So we'd like to know more. We've sort of launched it in our sort of head branch and we kind of like told people about it a couple months ago. Um, but the 1.119 chat uh, 1.119 release just came out and that promoted it onto our main like website and everything. So it's officially available um, as of last Friday. Cool. Mike, I think uh, every time we talk to the core team members, and I guess I shouldn't call you core team. I know Igor is trying to get away from that. From the Angular team members, um, I know that uh, everyone's really thankful for all the work that you do and it's not it's not easy being an open source maintainer. So thanks for for caring enough to do all that work it's cool if anyone wants to reach out to you on social media what is what's your twitter handle uh it's blacktar on twitter and facebook and etc but twitter is most active okay cool this episode is brought to you by TripleByte. applying to programming jobs sucks you have to put the right keywords in your resume you spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects and that's assuming the company even responds to your application well if you're a software engineer TripleByte can help they work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them, and if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs, and this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com angular. That's triplebyte.com, byte as in eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through Triplebyte, they'll offer you a $1,000 signing bonus. Uh, all right, so let's get to the picks section. If we can, I'll, I'll go first, and then uh, we'll go Brian, Joe, Mike. Is that cool? So I'm going to pick a conference coming up in September. It's called RxJS Live. If anyone's listened to the show recently, you know I love RxJS. It's about my favorite thing right now. I think programmers who use it write better code. I think it forces you to think things through. Treating things as streams makes a lot of sense. And there's a conference about RxJS only. So it's not an Angular plus RxJS conference. It's an Angular, or sorry, it's just an Rx only conference. But it'll be two days where you can kind of focus in on just learning Rx and meeting people from Microsoft, Google, other companies that are using Rx in Angular, React, View, Node scenarios. And so it's a powerful conference. It's a chance to level up, to go from good to great on RxJS. And so I'm going to pick it, RxJS Live. The website is rxjs.live. So head over and check it out. The speakers just got put up this week. The call for papers, call for presenters just ended and we picked talks. And so uh, I'm going to pick that because I'm more excited about RxJS than I am about most things right now. And this conference is going to be it's going to be awesome. So, so go check out RxJS Live. Brian? Yeah, uh, I have two picks. Uh, first of all, uh, Stephen Fluent just published some new demos with Angular 8 out on his YouTube channel. 
Uh, so definitely go check those out. Uh, he does a great job with those videos. I don't know if you've seen those before, uh, but they're really awesome. So he talks about some of the features in Angular 8, like uh, differential loading for the polyfills and that kind of thing. So those are very cool. Definitely check those out. And my other pick is I've been watching this show. It probably came out a while ago. I don't know, but it's called Umbrella Academy. And uh, I've really been enjoying it. It's a really great show. So if you've got Netflix, uh, check that out too. All right, Jose? Yeah, so uh, it's just been on my mind because I did a webinar about it this morning, but I'm going to pick Cypress because it's just such a freaking cool product. You know, all my life doing end-to-end testing, it just wasn't the thing. And we had an author for Thinkster that was talking about Cypress, and he said something that just really struck me, which was, uh, for the first time in my life, I'm excited to write end-to-end tests once I found out about Cypress. That's true. So he lied to you? <laughs> so he lied to you. <laughs> but I totally echo that. I resonate with that sentiment that I yeah. was not a fan of writing on the end tests and dealing with them until I, you know, ever. It was just a necessary evil. And then Cypress came along and I was like, wow, this actually could be, yeah. Like writing on end tests can actually be a cool thing. Cool. Yep. That's it. Uh, awesome. Well, Mike, you got any picks, bro? Yeah, I got a few. One is the side projects I've been working on in my spare time uh, with some of the amazing GDEs and community in uh, Latin America and Spain and other Spanish-speaking countries. Um, I'm working uh, with a group called Angular Hispano. Uh, so it's a uh, website, and uh, we've got Mattermost for chat. Um, so connecting Angular developers from all around the world who speak Spanish and want to talk about it, ask questions, get help, support each other in Spanish. Um, so that's something I've been working on. It's at angular.lat is the website, dot L-A-T. Cool, man. And then another pick is related to that. So we, we just launched a conference page. And so we've listed there on, on that page, um, we have NG Bolivia, we have NG Honduras, and NG Spain. Those conferences are all coming up. They all have CFPs that are open right now, so you can submit talks if you're interested in, in heading over to one of those nice sunny places. Um, yeah, if you submit a talk, uh, will the talk be in English or Spanish? I think you can pick. open to both. Okay, all right. I'm going to speak at NG Bolivia, and I'm probably going to have my slides in English because I already wrote my slides, but I'm going to do it in Spanish, yeah. Nice. Do it. I just went down to Peru and I gave two or three talks in Spanish for the first time, and they were really supportive, and it it, it went pretty well. So I, do, I, I recommend it. Do when you speak about technical things, you just got to embrace the Spanglish. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so I just do it. It sounds it sounds so dumb. Like literally, it's one of the dumbest forms of Spanish you'll ever listen to, but it's. It's so that's the reality. There's another podcast, uh, Angulareando, which yeah. is like Angular in Spanish. Yeah. And we had a discussion about that. It, there's just certain words like merge that you, they just say like mergeado. They don't say like... The mergeado way. Or something. <laughs> so there's a lot of Spanglish and, and a lot of the code is also written in English. But yeah, like pull request. There's no word for that. Right. So you just say, Yemeti el pod request. In, you know, you, you, that's how you say it. That's because that's the words, right? right? That's, that's what it says on GitHub. Everyone knows the same vocabulary. If you try to say something else, people get confused. 
Yep. But last pick, uh, front end masters. Uh, I haven't really spent any time on there in the past, but uh, I've been checking out some of their videos. I, I, I paid for like the $39 monthly thing, and it's, it seems like quite a value. And mm. I'm really enjoying the content. That's cool. Cool, man. Well, Mike, thank you for coming on, and thanks for all your hard work in the open source community. Thanks for what you're doing with your Layer Lat and everything. So. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for coming. And uh, until next time, peace. peace. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.